As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome, everybody, to episode nine of the Under One Million podcast, the podcast based off of the Deserving Playlist series on Spotify. I'm here with my guest who has been placed on that list um, once before with his record Sunset Boulevard featuring Adam Dallas. Go ahead and take it away, my man. What's up, y'all? How's it going? Great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you, have you as well. Yeah, he goes by, the, goes by the name of Drug. I was, I was looking for a little introduction there for you. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. French Drug. <laughs> um, man, artist here in Broward County, you know, Miami, Florida. And um, been making music for the last four or five years, you know, full time. And just, uh, I, I guess you, you could say I'm kind of like alternative R&B, alternative rock, uh, a blend of maybe the two. Um, you know, I like to focus on live elements, you know, playing guitar, um, piano, um, and, you know, perform obviously for a living and just trying to make you know, great music, obviously. And, and um, you know, thanks again, shout out to the Deserving Playlist for, for adding a song, Sunset Boulevard, a song that I, you know, recorded and, and, and wrote, you know, basically from the guitar and, and met Vince out in LA and we, we chatted some, I shot some footage out there and, and kind of for the promo and not whatnot. So, um, you know, Vince Valhalla and the team were just super kind and gracious to be a part of the record. So I'm just uh, grateful for those guys. Dope, dope. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you, you perform for a living. First of all, how have you been doing throughout this whole COVID stuff? You know what I mean? Are you finding consistent uh, performance opportunities out there? Yeah, I mean, it was tough, you know, because that's really our livelihood, you know, and so March through like, what, I, mean, I guess June, I was basically out of work, you know, but, um, you know, right now, I mean, I'm living in South Florida, so I'm a, a full-time musician. I mean, I, I actually perform, you know, at like some of the five-star resorts, uh, casinos out here, you know, like the Hard Rock um, Hotel and Casino in Seminole, you know, I have like a, a residency there and Boca Resort. And, uh, you know, I usually just do like trio and small live elements, um, also perform at weddings and stuff like that, corporate events. So, I mean, obviously that's kind of like my bread and butter, but as I'm, you know, also performing as an artist as well, like doing my original stuff in like bars and lounges and stuff, everything was just shut down, you know, in Miami. And so it's just been kind of tough to get that going because I felt like I had a lot of traction, you know, right before the pandemic hit in February, you know, I hosted my own show and partnered with r Bay, like an R&B, um, you know, um, I guess you would say marketing agency okay. uh, that was based in Miami for a while and kind of has like roots now in LA and Atlanta. But they, um, you know, they partnered with me to do like a rooftop event at the Citadel in Miami. Um, it was a really dope event. We had a great crowd and 
just performed a lot of live music de debuted you know um, one of my you know my single faded that just came out and it was an amazing show like it was just awesome and i felt like i had a lot of traction going and then literally the pandemic hit so i just felt like it kind of brought me a few steps back but you know the next single that i had in mind was sunset boulevard and you know after performing in a while and that's kind of like what i guess i pride myself on is like i try to perform songs live first before even releasing them you know so if i write a song if i have something that i really love I like to try it out on the guitar. I like to try it out at a venue, you know, wherever I'm performing in order to make sure that the live element is there and that it actually makes sense live. And it's not just a record that, you know, can be kind of just heard and thrown away after a few months, that it's always something I can pick up on the guitar because I just feel like that maybe is kind of just who I am. But I think it's also just like, no matter what your art is, whether that's rap or R&B or country or pop, like the live element is always going to be there even in COVID, you know, like you can live stream, you know? So it's like, if you can perform and sing or rap in front of people, um, there's always going to be a market for your music, you know? So. No, I agree with that. And that is, that's something that I can tell that, you know, you love to do. I can, there's videos I watch on your Instagram or wherever it might be your YouTube. And I, I've watched a couple of your you know older interviews where you've expressed that, you know, performing is very important to you. And that reflects through in your music. And that's why I think, I gravitated to your music so much. What's your favorite record to perform in front of a live audience? Um, you know, I would say Sunset Boulevard's up there um, because, you know, I, I did all the guitar parts, tracked those um, on the record and, you know, just played, you know, I basically, you know, did the solo, everything, just like the guitars, looping those, you know, playing with the, um, with the band, the full band with that. It's just, it's incredible. But uh, I have to say this Afrobeat I, re I, I put out, a record that I put out like in 2019 with uh, Garamola, who produced it. It's called Chemistry, and it's just like a fun song, you know, and just so it's just like always works like live and having a bass player and a drummer, you know, and, and just, you know, vibing off that energy is just, it's some, nothing really like it. And so I just think the rhythms of, of Africa, if you will, you know, that come from that continent are just amazing. You know, I think about iconic songs that are able to perform live, like, uh, what's that song by... Um, Sim, uh, Paul Simon. It's uh, uh, man, it's like uh, I'm not good with record names either, man. <laughs> yeah, but like Simon and Garfunkel. Like, this is Paul Simon record. Damn, I just forgot the word. Like, if I got the actual like name of the song, but it's like um, uh, it's just the rhythms of it. It's just like when you go there and you experience that. And I think just having a you know a Nigerian friend who who has just like that that energy, you know, from Africa, you kind of get this this euphoric vibe you know what i'm saying and i just think there's something magical about that i think there's something powerful in like channeling those sounds in today's you know world and i think for me just being exposed to those sounds is just is really you know in inspiring to me and so just like I, i'm intrigued by that i haven't actually i don't call i wouldn't call myself a student you know of afro beats or afro pop or african you know obviously music and rhythms but i just think i'm very inspired by it so every time i listen to like a whiz kid record or skeptic or somebody i'm just like yo this is crazy you know like or Burner Boy, I'm just like, I'm out of my mind, you know, just listening to the sounds and the rhythms. It's just, it's really powerful. So that's one of my favorite records to perform. It's called Chemistry. And that's actually my best performing song too on Audio Mac. You know, it's really you know, done really well this past year. So now that's something that I thought I uh, that immediately noticed. You kind of do experiment with different sounds from different cultures and stuff like that. You do an incredible job of it. I, I find it really difficult to do that myself. It's just, I don't know what it is, but like, it's just something that works for you. And like when you're performing, does it help you to have, you know, 
have a full live band behind you and or do you always gravitate towards that or do you sometimes just do like solo performances just you and the guitar up there you know strumming yeah. away <laughs> yeah i do i do a lot of solo gigs but again it's like it's not if i'm doing my own show you know i'm playing my own music i really like to have you know a drummer behind me i always play with the same drummer uh shalom andre as much as i can and i've got a few bass players that i play with in the town and and honestly my goal this year is to, to record another live album and i don't even know where that thought came from but just like basically two years ago when i recorded my first ep which is really my only ep it's a live ep we recorded it live in the in the studio and so like i had this venezuelan you know grammy award-winning bass player rodner verdia was so gracious to play on it and so it's like me him and shalom on you know a trio in the studio in in deerfield beach and we just said record you know and we just started playing and, and all three tracks are tracked in the studio live right there vocals and everything and just mixed it down and we shot video to it all as well and the cool thing about it was it helped me land gigs you know so it was like okay people could see oh you can perform live well here we'll hire you for you know whatever show or whatever which was which was cool so it was like a simultaneous you know double hitting two birds with one stone it's getting me gigs and it's getting me booked but it's also you know getting me streams and so it's something that you know i really loved but now the drummer was like on a on a drum pad and so just like this year i was like yeah i want to play with like a drum set and i want to get like a sax player and like singers and i just see myself like going to that next level with the live element this next year and that's kind of one of my goals so i'm just kind of speaking it out there on this podcast that i'm trying to put that live album out because i really want to just i want like a whole band you know like a whole symphony if you will um i just think there's something amazing about that like being inspired by coldplay and you know john mayer and just like you know kanye west these guys that have like these elements and they understand the arena they understand stadiums you know what i'm saying they understand like iconic songs that live on forever i just think those are things that i kind of want to do this year and like it's maybe against the grain too because it's not always something that you get on playlists with right you now so but i'm hoping to change that a little bit you know that there would be this kind of authenticity this lauren hill stripped down element that would resurge back in R&B and hip hop again. And I think it is a little bit with her, you know, she's done oh, such a great job, you know, just like bringing in live music again and, and guitar and performance and just like having a band, you know, behind her. And I just think some of the people that inspire her, you know, D'Angelo, uh, Lauren Hill, people that she's kind of called out, you know, and, and always, you know, kind of name dropped in some of her records. I think it is important to, you know, get back to like music being music because every time I go in clubhouse, every time I hear about like the legends, you know, in R and B and stuff, they're always talking about how music is not what it used to be, you know, and I just I kinda wanna be a part of that solution of just saying, hey, let's let's make music again in the most authentic way. You know, it's not just a loop or a sample, but it's real musicians in a room rocking out together, you know. So um yeah, I just think that there's some longevity to that. It's not necessarily going to make you trend on TikTok, but it can help you, I think, have a sustained music career. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, to me, it's immediately noticeable. Oh, and you throw on a record, you can tell if that was, you know, live instrumentals or not. You know, you can tell right. if it was a live recorded record or not. It's, it's very clear. And um, to me... I'm, you know, I'm one to feel music, you know what I mean? I'm just like, listen to it. Oh, this is a catchy tune and I want to, I'm going to bop to it. But there's just something about certain records and most of yours, if not all of them being that type of record that um, it's just, it just feels genuine. And I, you know, I appreciate that for sure. Did you record that, that, uh, that live uh, album at Marquee? 
I did, yeah. yeah? Okay. Marquee and Deerfield. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like right around the corner from where I used to live. It's like oh, nice. two minutes away, if not if not less. But um, nice. I've actually never recorded there, though, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> it's, yeah. But, um, you know, it's... You play too or what? I don't. And that's really why I haven't recorded that studio. Okay. I just do, I'm just into strictly hip-hop and vocals. Sure, so sure. I don't really need that space. But, yeah, I've always been curious about what, what goes on in there. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I noticed something, man. I got to ask you. How does it feel to be a father, man? It's amazing, dude. I have <laughs> two sons. You know, I got a son who's uh, seven years old, and uh, I also have a son who's two months old. So, it's- Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's been a lot of, you know, just fun just around the house, obviously. And, you know, grateful for COVID in some ways in my life, obviously. That's a, a sad thing to say that. COVID has killed and taken so many lives. Um, and I think it's a very serious thing that we have to be safe, you know, but I think for me, it's like, I'm finding that in 2020, I'm grateful, you know, even in the midst of that pain and that tragedy that I've been able to be home a lot and I've been able to like, you know, be with family. So I think that's super important. I think just like in these like troubling times, we have to like find the good too, you know, find the positive that, okay, well, a lot of industries might be shut down, but you know what? Maybe it's open an opportunity for people to start new businesses or do that one thing they never got the chance to do. And so I think if we're still here on this earth, we got to, you know, make sure we make the most of it. So for me, it's like, I'm really grateful that we've been in a work from home aspect. You know, I guess I'm not grateful that we had you know, COVID or that we had this global pandemic, but I just think I'm grateful that, you know, we've had time okay. to be at home. So no, that's understandable. I yeah. mean, it, you can definitely tell that there are obviously, you know, it is a tragedy, but at the same time, a lot of opportunities have opened up. Um, yeah. And I think it also, it, it even helps inspire people to like create music, you know? And like, for me, it's like, yeah, it's given me more time to write. It's given me more time to create and just, you know, kind of get back to what, I, who I want to be as an artist, you know? So. No, absolutely. I feel that for sure. Ever since you, you know, have had children, do you think that's changed your outlook on your music life at all? Or, you know, you've pretty much stayed, stayed the same or just had the same goals. Yeah. I think I've just had the same goals. I mean, some people, yeah. you know, they do change with fatherhood or parenthood. You know, I think that I would just probably say that's probably for people who've been very successful at a young age, you know, like for example, Justin Bieber, if he has a child today, his life is probably going to shift a lot, you know, because he's this world famous, you know, performer and all. And, um, he was famous from like 14, 12 years old, whatever, you know? So like, I'm sure his whole life is going to be like, oh, it's different for me now because my dad. For me, like, I just started making music, you know, when I turned 30 years old. So like for the past four or five years, I've just been like, you know, I've had one goal in mind, which is just like, which I mean, I guess I started making music at like 28, you could say. But I'm just saying like, for me, like I'm at a new, I'm at a different season of my life than, than someone like that, you know, signed to a label at 15 or 16 years old. So for me, like, I'm in my thirties. I'm, I'm hustling, trying to make this a lifelong career and like a marathon, you know, it's not a sprint for me. So like, if I have a baby, it's like, okay, cool. Now I'm in the studio and I got the baby in the rocker, you know, and I'm like creating, <laughs> creating a beat, you know what I'm saying? Like I've actually got like a baby pin, like in the studio with me and I'm just sitting here like trying to, you know, 
continue to write and do the, you know, whatever jobs I've got, you know, lined up, whether that's production work or I'm just, you know, writing a new song. So it hasn't really necessarily affected my life in that way because I've already kind of established a rhythm of who I am and what I'm doing, you know? And, you know, so I think that when you have kids, it, it, it can be a big change, especially if you're, you know, a single parent or whatever, but, you know, obviously it's not the case for me. So, you know, I just got to blessed to have a great wife, have great kids. And I feel like I've got a great, you know, opportunity to, you know, continue to be successful in music, which to me, you know, success. And I've talked about this sometimes like on the internet, it's like success is not always like a hundred thousand streams or a million streams on Spotify. Like, sure. I think sometimes during Christmas time, it's easy to like post your Spotify numbers. And like, I actually like went down in Spotify numbers last year. It was super weird. I'm like, wait, I had my best year in music, but my Spotify numbers went down, which is weird. But my audio Mac numbers were through the roof and my performance royalties were through the roof and my publishing royalties were better than I've ever done. And I've sold more records than I've ever done. Now, it's, I'm not like, you know, on the Billboard 100, but I'm just saying like I'm inching my way further and, and making one more step to like a sustainable career, gaining fans and having fun along the way, writing new songs, releasing new music. And I think that that's for me success, you know, like having a, a good home life is success. You know, like Absolutely. So there's a lot of things that go into success. And I just think for me, it's like all the things that I just said, I think all, all kind of go into that, you know, so. For sure, yeah. A, a lot of young artists, they tend to, that's all they focus on is numbers. So how many streams do I have? How many followers do I have? I yeah. honestly just sit back and laugh when I see all these people posting their end of the year Spotify numbers at the end. It's like, oh, blah, blah, Honestly, I know most of them are, first of all, paid streams and fake streams, and they don't even, it's not real. You know what I mean? Yeah, For sure. a lot of these guys. And it's, it's all just looks. So I'm on board with you 100% with what you're saying. Real success is not is not seen at least right away. You know what I mean? Like you can oh. definitely be making steps and nobody even noticed. So, well, I mean, doing. you could, you could have a million streams on Spotify and, and, and do a show in a city and no one shows up, you know, because Absolutely. no one really cares or knows who you are and your song is not that great. You just paid for streams. You know what I think? That there's like, there's a balance, you know what I think? That's why, again, when you focus on the live element, I mean, look at people like J Cole who has a very strong fan base who that if he does a show at 50 years old, in some random city in Iowa, he's going to have a packed house, you know, because he has like a fan base and he has real actual human beings that listen to his music and buy his product and believe in him as an artist because he spent time, you know, doing that number one, like investing in them. And then I think secondly, he creates the type of music that's got longevity to it. And so I think you have to think about those things as an artist. It's not just the wave that's happening right now. It's about who do you want to be? And then look, there's nothing wrong with being a one hit wonder too. You can make a lot of money off that and you can tour the rest of your life off of one hit, you know what I'm saying? But again, you've got to have those elements in place, I think for longevity. So yeah, to those artists, I feel that chase a hit that are, uh, it's more stressful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you don't see any consistent, first of all, consistent income from your music. You don't see any consistent growth. It's just all hoping and wishing that, something blows up out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And it's, right. a, it's a stressful life to live. <laughs> Not one yeah. that I, I would want. No. <laughs> but uh, I want to ask you about the, uh, the faded uh, remix music video that you just came out with because yeah. I threw it on and I was like, all right, well, that was not really what I was expecting. Kind of going back to what I said earlier with the different sound. First of all, who were those dancers? And like, you know, were they people you knew or did you hire a dance team? Who were they? 
Yeah, so uh, Mark Nicholas, who's a, an artist, a choreographer, a dancer, uh, obviously we go way back. I mean, we've been friends since probably 2007, um, you know, and I was actually a, like a camp counselor at his camp, like summer camp <laughs> one year. So uh, we've gotten to know each other for a long time. And um, he just graduated from F uh, FAMU. Okay. Uh, he was actually the um, in a strikers dance team and, you know, uh, fraternity leader and just really just an amazing like you know obviously presence on campus and, and built so many great relationships but he has a great dance team here in Miami and um, you know he has a great entertainment company ain't no chill entertainment and they do dance you know for a lot of different music videos and stuff like that and parties and whatnot but you know obviously he's been a close friend of mine so I just hit up Mark I was like man we got to do this track and he introduced me to Fuego Jit who's a, a DJ here in Miami and does a lot of Miami bass and you know, kind of just um, street dance records, you know, really. And so um, we connected. He kind of got on this song, Faded, that I did, which was produced by Neary, uh, who's a Miami producer, Luis Cancion is a Miami producer. And we did this track and uh, it's kind of a dance hall record. But then he just put this Miami bass, like, kind of beat to it. I was like, okay, this is bopping. Like, let's try this, you know. And so then he sent it up to this New Jersey club, producer and i guess i mean these are technical like genres here so it's very niche but right jersey club is like this uh it's like just kind of you know this repetitive like bop you know and so dj addy uh and jersey got on it and he kind of really finessed it i think got it gave it what it really needed to, to click and so you know well, really, I, I don't want to interrupt you but you i lost your camera for you here for a second I'm, I'm so sorry dude no, you're yeah, good you're good you. so bootleg it's all, all good. good. All good. There you this go. This is back. under one million. Okay. <laughs> exactly. That's what this yeah, is about. Yeah. So exactly. So so DJ Addy like put his sauce on it, um, and man, it's just to me, it's a really great dance record, and that's what it's meant to be. It's a dance record. It's a street Miami street Miami dance, you know, um, Jersey club record. That's really what it is, and that's a very niche market. Um, it's something that you're probably only going to see you know, in the Miami streets or like Miami high schools, you know, I'm serious. Like, or like, no, you're right. A Jersey right. club. But to me, I wanted to do something that represented the city of Miami. I wanted to do something with some of my friends and brothers, you know, that I call a family really, um, you know, my Haitian brothers and sisters in Miami. And, um, and so we just, we, we grew a friendship over the years and we've had, you know, uh, a connection and obviously he's a great choreographer and dancer. And so I just asked him to do it. He really, he really did a great job. And so, you know, again the, the music video is just me hanging with them and you know kind of playing off their energy and so we had a lot of fun shooting it and um yeah, it's a great record and we love it and so again it's done it's done pretty well on audio mac and i felt like it was time anything that kind of does well on audio mac for me i'm like okay let's shoot a video for it because i feel like it's going to be something that's really going to connect with people so um that was the plan that was the goal and hopefully it'll be something that really my goal get djs to play it you know and it really hit the streets you know because again it may not be something that is going to be like trending on spotify or like the apple charts but it's going to be something that hopefully people in the streets of miami can hear and be like yo this this hits so for sure for sure do you always plan videos like that do you always you know kind of let the results of streams plan what videos yeah do? i think ever... so no i mean because i haven't done a lot of videos and so like gotcha. again for me it's like if it's not getting a lot of streams i'm not going to hit it with a video because it's kind of a waste of money for me unless unless the video literally is the whole point of it you know but i think for me it's like nowadays you don't need a music video you need a tiktok challenge you know you need a reels <laughs> challenge 
No, seriously. So it's like, I, yeah, you're I'm, right. It's sad. I'm in, I'm in, <laughs> yeah, but I'm investing my own money. You know what I'm saying? I don't have right. a record label that's going to put up 15, 20,000 for a video. So, you know, I'm not going to put up more than a couple hundred bucks for something. And so I think that you've got to make those decisions, you know, and it's just like for me, videos are not the priority unless it's a, a good record. If not, I need to invest in a TikTok channel, you know? So, right. Yeah. Uh, like, do you ever have a vision for a video though, as you're recording a record, as you're writing a record, you'd be like, damn, I, you know, I have this spot in mind. I have this, vi- these yeah. kind of visuals in mind. Does that ever come through? I wish I could say that, but the answer is no, I'm not that creative. I don't think. Well, yeah, I shouldn't <laughs> say that, but I just think I don't, I don't necessarily see like, oh, this is be a great video. I mean, I, I definitely have ideas in mind and I definitely have a storyline, but I'm not like, I don't know that I would be the person. I, that's something I'm looking for, you know? So if there's gotcha. someone listening to this, you're like, hey, I want to help you with videos. Let me know. Shoot my DMs. <laughs> Let me know. Hey, hey so, I'll, yeah. I'll put the word out. I'll put the word yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. So. <laughs> I got to ask you about this this game. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I played it. The, the nice. more than I can bear game. Yeah, check it out. I think it's dope, man. I think it's fun as hell. <laughs> Thank you, lie. bro. How did you come about that? How far did you get? I honestly, I beat the first level and I didn't have any more time to play. So, dang man, yeah. (laughs) So I got to the second level, but I haven't actually beat it yet either. Um, No, it's a great game. My my buddy Elijah put it together, and um, you know, I just felt like I wanted to do something different with the record more than I can bear. And you know, a buddy of mine who's another artist here in South Florida, he's he's done a video game before, you know, and so just inspired me to do one. And so. yeah, Elijah put his together, and so he put mine together, and I just, um, you know, it's a great, it's a great way to just to kind of have a, a different type of connection to the song. Um, I think that sometimes it's easy just like us post a video or post a link or post a pic, but how to get people engaged? And I think, you know, um, I don't play video games per se anymore. Like I used to growing up, you know, I played Madden '94, and I had Tony La Russa baseball, and I had Sega, you know, Genesis, and I had you know, a PlayStation and all that. I played, you know, a lot of sports games. I probably played, you know, like Siphon Filter and, you know, different type of, you know, James Bond games and stuff like that. But um, I kind of got out of gaming once I got into college. So I'm not like, I wouldn't call myself a gamer whatsoever. Like I don't own a console. I'm not on Twitch, like playing video games, you know, like I'm really just focused on music and that's it. And so um, I know there's a big market, a niche for that. I I guess this is kind of an attempt to kind of make sure that, hey, okay, maybe some people want to play it. And I think also, too, it's another opportunity to get kids involved. You know, like if you got music yeah. that can be kid friendly, you should, you know, try to market. Because I just think sometimes people limit themselves, especially, I guess, in the, in the, in the realm of hip hop. You know, like 
you know, um, sometimes when you're when you're making, which I don't make hip hop music per se, but when you're making hip hop music, I think it's an example. You got to have clean versions, and you got to have, you know, instrumentals, and you got to get that stuff up front so that when you're releasing music and marketing it, like you have a wide variety. Your music can be in sync licenses, you know, and your music can be in movies and stuff. You don't have like just all one version, so you got to make sure you have all that. So, I say that to say that. You know, this game is is something that I've done. You know, so on my website, you can just click there and, and drugmusic.club and, and play the game. It's really a lot of fun. And I think it's also just something that people can remember and never forget, you know, so. Um, yeah, I thought it was incredibly creative. And it's, it was, um, it was a different, a different feel. And as an independent guy, you know what I mean? Just trying to, trying to uh, do something different can be the thing that breaks you. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. just, uh, I don't know. I was just like, oh. Oh shit! <laughs> this is super <laughs> yeah. dope, man. This is yeah. legit. Uh, how much input did you have on the game? Like, did you have any visual input or anything? Yeah, like that? I was like, yo, we gotta have you know a doctor, and we gotta be like going. I wanted <laughs> you know again, there's a little limitations with the budget. So like again, if I poured like you know thousands of dollars, I probably could have customized my own game with some like actual EA Sports or somebody, you know. But again, having the the, the budget I had. I'm like let's get a doctor let's get into an abandoned hospital type of thing and let's go and like you know get these pills you know and avoid like i don't know these devilish demons or flying demons or something <laughs> so you know the best thing we could come up with is, is kind of this mario type game you know there's like a bat going after this doctor you know and like he's going after these like pills you know so i thought it was kind of cool you know it was, a, it was a cool element of just like again reflecting the themes that i'm trying to reflect through music and the imagery of of healing and, and frequencies that can open your mind to um to higher you know heights and i think that people have to understand that music is spiritual too you know it's not just this physical thing that we do and we play it's emotional there's powerful behind, like imagery and messaging behind music and i think when you make music from that perspective it gives you a purpose it gives you so you're always searching for a brand but your brand comes from the heart it comes from like who you really are you can't fake what your brand is your brand is who you authentically are and i think for me like it's something that I can't really necessarily dodge or deny that, you know, I believe that God has a purpose for our life. And I believe that like, there's a purpose behind me even making music. And I want to touch people's lives. I want to inspire people. You know, I want people to like make it another day. And um, I think that's something that I was trying to do with this song more than I can bear. It's a song about mental health. It's a song about, you know, having uh, freedom and having peace of mind. And I think that, you know, it's not just, about I didn't want it just to be another song that we put out. I wanted it to really raise questions and, and bring conversations my way. You know that people that hear the songs they they say, hey, you know, I want to have, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to get free or I want to get help. Um, you know, I had a guy one time at a show. He's like, yeah, man, it's really cool. Like your name's Drug. He's like, you know, my brother died of a drug overdose, and so I just like, you know, your music really spoke to me. And I was just like, yo, it's like really cool. You know that you're able to open up about pain in your life you know, and that hopefully the music that I'm playing it when I'm playing live or wherever, like it's doing that, it's opening people up to have those conversations. That's going to help get them free and be healed. So. And it is, it does that for me. I, I mean, I've, I, I, that's, um, you're one of the first people, honestly, that I thought about to have on this podcast, uh, when I, you know, started creating it or the idea oh. for it anyway. And that's the reason why it's, um, something about that your music and your records that, when it comes on, I'm not just, you know, listening casually and doing something else. It makes me stop what I'm doing and listen to that song and everything that you wow. have to say. So, I mean, I, I love I it. And, uh, no, for sure, man. And, and you deserve 
that and to, to hear that i know you probably don't hear it as often as you'd like as an independent guy but you know yeah. that it's it's a uh, it's incredible stuff what you do for real thank you man thank you i, I want to ask you a couple more questions before we go i know you might have you know be on a time crunch here but i saw that you had used to have your own podcast yourself the the prescription podcast as i imagine is what you called it and yeah, the the RX, RX, yeah, RX RX podcast. Podcast. yeah i did a series um this summer obviously but you know, I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to season two. Okay, two cool. Weeks. That was, yeah. was going to be my question. If you had any more of that in the future coming. Yeah, I definitely am. You know, and I think it's something it's an opportunity where I'm able to like other, obviously interview my friends or artists that I know or people that I don't know. But I think for me, like just having an outlet to speak about other issues because, you know, I necessarily don't want to get like too political with my music, but like, I think that we have to have hard conversations, you know, in 2021. And I think that, that was, you know, again, going to be a part of the, the podcast for me is like having tough combos and obviously like interviewing people that maybe be even, and this is what I want to get to. I feel like I interviewed a lot of people that agree with me on certain topics. I want to interview people that don't agree with me on certain topics. And I really want to find healing through those conversations of people going, okay, how can we reconcile our nation? How can we reconcile our history? You know, because there's a lot of hurt and pain in American history. And I think it came to light this year you know, with George Floyd's death, with Breonna Taylor's uh, egregious death, you know, and murder. And I think that it brought a lot of racial issues to light that we thought sometimes as white people, like for me, that we thought were behind us. We're like, oh, those are the old days, you know? And it's like, we're, you know, we're always putting like Martin Luther King uh, and Malcolm X quotes, like, and we're, we're like putting pictures of them in black and white. So it looks like it's from the 20s, you know, or from like the 1800s, but it really it's like, it was like 60 years ago, you know, like Martin Luther yeah. King should still be alive today if he wasn't assassinated by the FBI. And so you've got all this like revisionist history that white America that I'm included in tries to do, you know, and I, I don't think that, you know, black people hate our country. And I think that the right and the conservatives sometimes can get it wrong and they can say, oh, you know, people don't like our country. And they, and they you know, Donald Trump and, and, and a lot of the conservative movement uh, made, you know, uh, egregious um, claims about Colin Kaepernick. You know, who took a knee uh, against police brutality and was blackballed from the NFL. And these are hard topics people don't want to have. And they have all these like political comments about it. But really, this is just the facts. Like, Colin Kaepernick didn't do anything except kneel because a veteran from the, you know, Marine Corps told him that to kneel. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you should probably kneel for the flag. He's like, okay, I'll do that. You know, that'll be honoring to our country. And then people still have a problem with it. And I just think like racism is a big topic that like I care about and I'm passionate about, you know? Um, you know, have an interracial marriage and I have mixed kids, but I also have like black friends, you know, it's not about like, I've had my eyes open to how racist my world is and was, you know, and how racist I can be. And I think there's racism in, in a lot of people, like not just white or black and black people experience racism within black people, you know, like different, you know, the Caribbean, you know, and like, and like, you know, right. Latin, you know, America has a lot of racism between each other, Venezuelans and Cubans, you know, whatever. Like, it could be so many different things. There's racism all around the world. Asians have racism and Jewish people and Palestinians. And there's so much racism that goes on all across the world. But I think in our context in America, like, the racism between white and black America is completely just, it's crazy. It's, it's just, it's mind-boggling, you know, and I... I just, you know, I, I kind of this summer had to, to have a place to, to talk about those things. And I think it was something that I was able to also interview some people. So, I mean, yeah, if you guys want to check that out, the RX podcast, it's an opportunity where I had some, some really tough combos with people that um, of color, obviously, too. And people of their white people are friends of mine, are artists, but really just kind of had to place the vent. I think that's kind of what this 
podcast I want it to be about, you know, and I think everybody has their lane. And again, I'm not trying to start a political podcast or like a sports podcast. I just think that it's going to be something that's focused on music, focused on culture, what's happening in today. And we'll talk about great topics. But yeah, I definitely have a place and a, a, a passion, you know, to speak and share. Um, I don't want to ramble on, but I think it's something that no, it's you know, okay. I'm passionate about. So, No, that's important stuff, man. And then it's... Um... It's almost like a, like a form of therapy, you know what I mean? I don't get, I, I try not to get right. too, too much into political stuff on here, but like, I'm really yeah. open to have a discussion about everything. Uh, that kind of was something that I threw around in my mind, uh, again, when creating this podcast was, all right, what do, what do I want to stick to? I really just wanted to be about you guys as artists and, you know, get to know you guys as artists and people, because that, that's yeah. important for fans sure. to see and, and uh, to actually become true fans of you and not just listening to your music every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but you're hundred percent right. And uh, where can people find the podcast? Yeah. Episodes. Spotify, Apple podcasts, uh, Amazon uh, podcasts. Um, you check it out. I just type the RX podcast um, and it should pop up. And so, yeah, I've got a, a few episodes from first season and I think it's going to do, you know, do well. You can also find it on anchor or find it on my website so but yeah it's definitely something that um that i'm, I'm going to start season two very very soon awesome so awesome yeah, one last question i gotta ask you if it wasn't for um your music career what would you be doing right now what do you think you would be doing it's a great question because i don't think i could do anything else like but i mean i mean to be honest with you like for me like i did um you know, I was in full-time ministry actually before starting, you know, career in music, you know, and so um, I was doing youth ministry like in Miami, you know, Miami Gardens and doing um, obviously youth programs and stuff. And it was really, you know, a, a fulfilling experience. I think that that's something that, you know, my heart and my faith, I continue to do to this day, you know, is to, to you know, obviously use my gifts and, and you know, speaking or, you know, you know music to, 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 for me just to bring God glory you know, through my life but I think also to and make an impact on other people so I mean maybe non-profit work you know which is crazy because I'm like if I didn't have the gift to sing or play you know I'd probably be just doing something in non-profit work you know trying to make an impact in the city you know I work with Trinity Church and, and Peacemakers which is a really non-profit organization in Miami Gardens um, it's a very popular ministry that um, has made an impact on a lot of people's lives you know we, we did prison trips uh, to Ocala Prison in uh, North Florida and we took incarcerated uh, kids to their see their incarcerated parents, and um, it was really a powerful ministry that we had because it was like you're impacting these kids who are having a negative effect because their parent, their mom. Matter of fact, the people, kids we saw we took it there were to the, the female prison. So it was like literally there was their moms in jail, you know, and they can't see their mom. But what's really cool is the statistics show that as they go and reconnect with their parents, like they they start doing better in school, their emotional, their mental health is getting better, and so. Just being a part of Peacemakers Family Center has really changed my life because it really just opened my eyes to a whole other world. And I just think that like being a part of Children's Inmates and, and, and programs like that, it was really impactful. You know, I was an AmeriCorps member for two years, just serving the city of Miami, you know? And so I think for me, like trying to make an impact in people that can't do anything in return for you, you know? And, I th and it's not about like, oh, we're trying to serve the poor people in Miami. Like, yeah, there's real poor people in Miami. There's people that really are suffering from the systemic issues that we've set up in America, right? Oh, so we haven't, we haven't gotten it all figured out. And there's people that are, 
you know, we're talking, we're debating on Twitter right now about should minimum wage be 15 hours? Yeah, 15 dollars an hour. Yeah, it should be 15 dollars an hour. Like, it should be more than that. Maybe we should figure out a way to provide healthcare for people. I just think, you know, at the end of the day, we have to realize that people are people, and and, and some people aren't always like responsible for the situation they found themselves in. It's because of systemic issues, and that's where it goes back to systemic racism. I mean, when we look at poverty in America in certain communities, it's because of systemic racism, and it could be a lot of different issues. But I just think for me. Experiencing that in a in a in a one to one face to face way in reality was just like it was mind boggling, and it just showed me that there's like there's a responsibility that we have, um, especially as like educated, you know, white people like myself, a privileged white male, to say, you know what, I'm gonna go out of my way to make sure I understand people that don't look like me, you know, what is uh, the communities around me going through and how can I make a difference and also like I'm not going there just for charity work like oh like I want to help black kids in the hood no like I want to go and learn from black kids in the hood they're teaching me a lot you know what I'm saying and I want to help be a part of the solution to changing some of the systemic issues like you know um, redlining and like you know mass incarceration and things that are really like I think just like troubling to me so I think those are issues that I would probably be passionate about because I just don't see myself doing something like bagging groceries you know you can do something wrong back in Russia, but I just I can't do that. Like I just can't sit in an office somewhere and feel like my work is not meaningful. And I think that you've given one life. And so for me, it's like it's not about money, man. Like I, I worked in Miami and I didn't make a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Like and I barely paid bills. And but I was fulfilled with my life and the decisions I was making. I was fulfilled with the mission I was on. And I think today, making music, like obviously I'm making enough to provide for my family, so I'm happy. You know, but I'm also on mission because I feel like there's a deeper purpose behind that and I'm not just trying to like strum chords you know but I'm trying to like actually like make change and so I think we all have a responsibility to, for that you know and some people like to get rich and not have the responsibility and that's on them you know they're gonna they're gonna answer that someday so I think we all have a responsibility to help those that are underneath us you know so that's awesome I, I, let me take that back I don't say people underneath us but I'm just saying we all have a responsibility to help others you know whether that's people right. that are homeless on the streets or you know what I mean or give back to the next generation whatever that is so I no one's beneath me. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm saying? No, it does. It does. And that's always been something that's really bothered me about uh, when most people talk about Miami. It's like some, it's just built up to be some like party town that's, oh, everything's nice and gravy. Nobody actually ever talks about the mass poverty that's there. It's, I mean, you know, it's obvious. Just step outside your door in Miami and you can, you, you'll see it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's, it's it, it blows my mind uh, that people, just kind of ignore that. But um, what would you say to some, some, uh, someone that might be, or someone of that's Caucasian that might be um, scared to speak up about issues that you just mentioned? You know what I mean? Because I think that's a, yeah. a reason a lot of us don't get involved. It's because we're scared to say anything because we think we're going to be just, I don't know, whatever, laughed at or whatever. I don't know. But yeah. I lost you on camera think- there again, too. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Davis. It's all good. All good. Shutting off on me. There you go. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, man. I think that uh, I just would encourage people to do what's right. You know, what you feel in your heart to do. Because I think a lot of people feel like they know what's right, but, you know, they have a moral sense of right and wrong. Like, it's it's wrong to, like, you know, have slaves and treat slaves like, you know, pieces of dirt and literally, like, kill them. But there were white people that stood by and watched those actions happen, you know, hundreds of years ago. And they did nothing, you know, and I think that, you know, Martin Luther King talking about the, the biggest 
you know, hindrance to the civil rights movement was the white liberal, the person who claimed to be like, you know, um, on the side of black people and like, hey, we're going to make progressive change, but they really didn't want to make change. And the, the person who just kind of stood by quietly and didn't say anything about the injustices that were happening. And I think that's the really the, the reason why we're still here in 2021. We don't really have equity between white and black America because we've got people that are too scared to say stuff. And for me, you know, everything changed when I had a friend, um, you know, killed at the hands of police. Um, a young man that I, you know, mentored and he, you know, was murdered by the police for no reason really. And it's a cold case, you know what I'm saying? The case is open still, but it's just like, it changed my perspective to go, you know what, wait a second. And then to see people's reaction in the community, just from my friends, they're like, yo, this is, this is, we've seen this over and over, you know what I mean? And I just think it opened my eyes to like, there's real like injustice. And it's not about police. Like, I mean, my brother's a police officer. I love police officers. I think police officers are great. Police officers that do their job properly. Police officers that are morally and, 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 and integrity, you know, have integrity, people that, you know, are not racist. But I think that there's a systemic racist issue in that field, just like you would say that there's a systemic, uh, you know, pedophile issue in the Catholic Church, you know, with priests in Boston, you know what I'm saying, right. who had a systemic issue that was going on in the Catholic Church. And so I just think you have to have accountability everywhere you go. You know what I'm saying? You can't just say, well, you know, well, that's that's not the case. There's only a few bad apples. You can't have a few bad Catholic priests filling up on little boys. You know, you just can't have that. And you can't have any or a few police officers murdering black people just because, you know, they say quote unquote that they feared for their lives and I just think that this is hundreds of years going on you know so again I can go on and on this topic but I just think that people have to have the courage to speak up and obviously not like be afraid of the backlash you know because at the end of the day it's like this is what's right and I just I admire people like Bernie Sanders who like stood up and just said hey I'm gonna like stand up for this back in the 60s you know what I'm saying and he's still doing right. the same today in, in, in 2020 you know like trying to stand up for what's right and again I don't agree with everything every politician says or does you know what I'm saying and I think that Donald Trump did some good things for black people too. And people were like, oh, well, you know, Donald Trump is the worst person in the world. Okay, well, maybe he is. Like, let's get him out of office if he's going to be hindering to, you know, racial issues uh, for sure. I don't agree with that. You know what I'm saying? But like, every president has contributed to racism along the way. You see what right. I'm saying? And like, I don't think Absolutely. Joe Biden is going to cancel racism. Like, America <laughs> no. is still racist and they'll be just as racist with Joe Biden as the president. You know, we have a black, you know, female vice president now doesn't mean that racism going away and it means that we've still got to do our part to make a difference because joe biden and kamala harris don't have a great record with uh you know um the criminal justice racism in america and, and they've got to right some of those wrongs and we got to see accountability happen at the top you know from now on and we can't just let joe biden off the hook you know because he picked kamala harris to be his vice president and we got to like hold him accountable too Absolutely. just like we held you know donald trump accountable we got to be seeing like hey we got to see change here in america once and for all and it's not about once for all, like it's going to just happen like at the strike of a pen. Oh, we wrote this law and now everything changes, you know, because obviously everything isn't changed, but we've got to actually get to the real deep issues. And so for me, if I was to encourage anybody, I'd just say, hey, man, like be a part of the solution. If you claim you're not racist and if you claim like, you know, you, you know, you, you don't like, you know, you don't hate black people or you, you're not racist anyway, there's not a racist bone in my body. OK, we'll prove it by helping us eradicate racism in the little ways that they exist. And if you can't admit that they exist, then I think you live in an alternate reality. I would agree hundred percent. And I, you know, I didn't mean to, to end it on such a, such a 
serious note. Serious topic. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, but these hey, are these are real issues, you know. Absolutely, so. it has to be said. You know, what I mean, that's why that's why I went into it because I don't. I, you can't just avoid it. And I, I appreciate you sharing your you know honest opinion about it. Sure. Uh, you got any Valentine's Day plans, man? Man, <laughs> anything fun set up for Sunday? <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say I had a bunch of plans. I mean, I've got <laughs> I got some things up my sleeve, and you know, hopefully, just gonna have a great night with the wife. So. I try to stay low key. I mean, I I know as artists, we're supposed to be out there and a lot, but I try to, you know, stay low key a little bit. So hopefully we'll have a great night and just enjoy ourselves. But yeah, uh, shout out to all the single people out there. I guess don't stop believing. Hopefully you'll find somebody (laughs) someday. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I wish you guys uh, the best. I hope you have fun with your family uh, and and your wife. But uh, appreciate it, man. Wrap it up, man. Just what you got coming uh, up soon in 2021. Let us know where we can find you. Definitely will, man. Yeah, find me at 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 Drug the Artist, every social media platform from Clubhouse to Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can go to my website, drugmusic.club. You can uh, sign up to join my newsletter. You'll be in touch with all of the new releases that are coming. Um, but yeah, Drug the Artist on all social platforms, drugmusic.club. You can find it there on those social platforms as well. Um, got some new music coming out this year, and I'm excited about it. So subscribe to my newsletter and right there on my website, and I'll be able to get those to you first. Dope. Drug, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much Thank for you, your time. Man. I appreciate your time, man. All right, pleasure. Hang on for a second. I'm going to talk to you a little bit after this. But everybody, thank you for listening to episode nine of the Under One Million podcast. I hope to have you back next time. Peace out, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.